today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Looking for love during the COVID-19 pandemic? That just can't be easy, can it? Then again, finding your soulmate isn't that easy to begin with. Now add a pandemic to the mix and yeesh. What are the challenges that the pandemic has posed for those who are trying to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right? Well, joining us now to offer some advice is Jess O'Reilly, sexologist and relationship expert. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is uh, Sex with Dr. Jess. Dr. Jess, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for joining us today on what I think is a pretty important topic because people are trying to trying to do their best staying healthy, but they also want to find love as well. How has the pandemic impacted the dating game? Well, we've seen a number of trends evolve over the last nine months or so. One of them pertains to the speed at which we're dating. We're seeing a rise in what we call turbo relationships, meaning people are diving into relationships more quickly because we've been forced into these bubbles. And so for some people, it's out of fear of being alone. For others, it has to do with elevated levels of emotional communication, conversations that we used to have after six months or six years or 16 years, we are now having earlier on. So for example, talking about our fears, talking about our anxieties, digging into these vulnerabilities is happening earlier on in the relationship, which can lead to, you know, more feelings of trust and bonding and, you know, a better understanding of one another's needs, which, you know, for some of us is really working out for the better in terms of higher levels of early commitment. So instead of discovering each other over maybe a six-month or 12-month kind of process, we're doing this in a couple of weeks? Yes, we're seeing people who are committing after just weeks or a month or two of dating, committing to living together, committing to longer-term relationships. We have data suggesting that people who were in the earlier early phases of dating when COVID first hit, so if we go back to the the spring or even the early summer, we have data showing that they feel more sure about this relationship than they ever have with previous relationships. And we know that folks who perhaps were just, you know, newly committed are now feeling more in love and more connected. And again, this may have to do with proximity and committing to spending more time together because we have fewer distractions, but it may also have to do with these deeper conversations, which we usually put off because, you know, we have this fear of being being vulnerable. And in some ways, I think it's really great, even when you think about the way you interact on a Zoom call. I think we used to always say, how are you to start a discussion? But we never really tuned in to listen to the response. I'm observing a real difference where people are stopping and asking, you know, how are you feeling emotionally? How are you doing physically? How are the people in your lives? And I think that Aside from intimate connections, this is good for relationships overall. Oh, without a doubt. People couldn't visit bars, at least with the regularity that they have during the pandemic. Concerts crossed out, sporting events, and and really many other places where they may have found uh, love. Did everyone just head online? Is that the place to be? Yes. Not only are people meeting online, but the trend is now that relationships are blossoming and existing online. And we're seeing a number of the dating apps pivot in response to the fact that 
the dating apps aren't where we meet someone so that we can eventually, you know, move in into an in-person date. The dating apps are where the dating is occurring altogether. So they've added features that allow you to, for example, play games together or engage in live events together. So not only are we meeting online, we're actually connecting online. And we do have, again, we have some research showing that you can develop real connections digitally. You can develop real empathy digitally. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's going to replace in-person dating, but I do think it's it's great that we're learning that there are other dimensions and other ways to connect. Will or has the online world made more long-distance relationships work? Oh, that's a great question. Yes. And we've seen it reflected in the way dating apps are evolving. So Tinder, for example, added uh, an extra feature a while back called the passport feature that allows you to date outside of your, you know, geographically close area. Because if I'm going to be dating someone who lives an hour away, and we're going to be doing all of our chatting and meeting and even intimate stuff online, I might as well open up the boundaries or just, you know, kind of get rid of those borders and date someone in Italy or Romania or Nigeria or Jamaica, anywhere in the world. We're really, um, we have more opportunity than ever to connect. Jess O'Reilly is our guest. Uh, she is a sexologist and relationship expert. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Jess or Sex with Dr. Jess. Uh, you're listening to the Bill Kelly Show here on 980 CFPL London and 900 CHML Hamilton. Rick in for Bill. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the pluses of online or uh, distance dating, if you will, even if it's a, a turbo relationship or not. What are some of the cons or some of the challenges of virtual dating or Zoom hookups, especially during a pandemic? Well, of course, let's be honest, when it gets to the intimate side of things, you are having to make some very serious adjustments. And for some people, that's a bit of a fun challenge. But for others, it's a really big sacrifice. And it can feel really intimidating, right? Like even the idea of sending sexy texts can be very intimidating for many of us. So we have that physical barrier that is certainly detracting from, you know, your ability to gauge in-person chemistry. Uh, we certainly have the, the issues around loneliness. So folks who are living alone, I don't think that many of our policies have really considered the emotional toll, the toll that it can take on, on singles. And so I think it's a good reminder for those of us who live with family or live with roommates to check in on our single friends. So I, I don't want to paint it like you know, the digital dating game has improved things for everyone. I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag. And I am hearing from some very frustrated daters who feel as though they're being left out of these policies, you know, policies that say, oh, you can only be in touch with or in physical proximity with those with whom you live. And I know, of course, people are li perhaps listening across the country and beyond, and it depends on where you're living right now. But I do think that, you know, solo folks are feeling very left out of the equation. And we all need to do more to reach out and really give them opportunities to talk about how they're feeling. And what tips do you have for those singles who are maybe at home and maybe in isolation during the pandemic? Because there's, you know, a mental, it, it, there's got to be a switch that has to be turned on for them to make that leap, whether it's in the online world or not. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I want to say that you don't have to date right now, right? This, for many of us, this is just a time of survival. It's not a time to thrive. It's not a time to be our absolute best. Some of us are kind of, you know, holding on by a thread, and that's okay. I will say that if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling disconnected, 
don't be shy in reaching out and asking for help, reaching out to a loved one, even reaching out to someone with whom you work, reaching out to a neighbor and, and just saying, you know, I'd love to spend some time online today. I've been encouraging single people to find a buddy with whom they can maybe just have breakfast or a coffee over over Zoom or another, you know, piece of technology that you prefer so that you are checking in more regularly uh, and it becomes a part of your routine. I know it's not as nice as sitting over coffee in a coffee shop, but I think it's, you know, right now it's what we're dealing with, maybe the next best thing. With so many people working from home because of COVID, it, it has put a strain on many relationships. How do couples in these situations find a fix? <laughs> yeah, so... We're seeing um, some some real challenges in terms of just being in one another's space and being in one another's faces. So number one, can you find time alone? Can you carve out time? So rather than going for a walk with your partner, go for a walk by yourself. Can you also talk about your social needs? Because I do find that with some couples, there's one partner who's a little bit more social or a lot more social than the other. And... I think that sometimes that person needs to communicate to their partner that they either need time alone or they need time online with friends or they're going to go for a walk with somebody else. So I think carving out alone time is really important at this time so that the time you actually spend together isn't about proximity. It's about quality time. And that's the next thing. Many of us are taking a couple of days off work this week. Can you plan something for you and your partner to connect? Maybe it's sitting and snuggling and watching a show together. Maybe it's making a meal together. Maybe it's attending one of those free online concerts. You know, we have so many, that's one of the cool things right now. And not to downplay, of course, the fact that this is a a terrible time around the world, but we have, you know, operas and symphonies and, you know, Shakespearean plays that we now all have access to from some of the greatest artists in the world. So maybe you can plan some quality time with your partner. And then the last thing is, can you make a commitment to minimize technoference? The fact that we are constantly scrolling on our phones, looking at the case counts, checking the news, um, you know, looking at our friends' images on Instagram and Facebook really sends the message to our partner that's what that what's ever on our screen is more appealing or more attractive or more exciting in this moment than the person sitting next to me. So we need to start setting boundaries on when, where, and how we use technology. I'm not anti-technology. I obviously love tech. You know, it's keeping us connected today. But can you decide, okay, I will no longer take my phone or tablet or laptop into the bedroom? And if that sounds like too much, can you do that one night a week and eventually work your way up till two? Because we have we have a wealth of evidence showing that their mere presence of these technological devices detracts from communication, from compassion, from trust, from empathy, from all of these things that we're looking for with our partners. One more for you. Canada's Chief Medical Officer of Health, uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, made headlines earlier this year for saying that people should consider wearing a mask during sex and the sexual activity with the lowest risk of COVID-19 transmission, quote, involves yourself alone. Now, it may make some people giggle, but uh, obviously there's some uh, health merits to her suggestions for this, I guess, new age safe sex. Well, absolutely. And I mean, anyone working in sex education or health promotion has always been talking about the fact that the safest sex you can have is with yourself. If we go back to the, the Clinton days, their, um, their top medical officer, Dr. Jocelyn Elders, was forced to step down because she suggested solo sex as safer sex. And 
really, we need to wrap our minds around this. Why is it that we're okay with talking about partnered sex? Why are we okay with the fact that most people do this? It's, it's literally the life force. It's why most of us are here, but we're not willing to talk about solo pleasure. And my hope with deeper discussions around overall health, hand washing, wearing a mask, distancing, my hope is that this flows over into the future of relationships so that we destigmatize these conversations and talk about safer sex, whether those are physical barriers like condoms or a practice of birth control or what it means to be emotionally safe in sex. I hope that I really hope that these COVID conversations open up new conversations that far outlast this virus. Follow Jess O'Reilly on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is sex with Dr. Jess. Dr. Jess, thanks for the time today. All the best in 2021. Same to you. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Jess O'Reilly, sexologist and relationship expert. Again, Twitter and Instagram. She's got some great posts and some awesome advice, as you just heard, obviously. At Sex with Dr. Jess is the handle. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.